Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. And today we have um, the great Mike DiCenzo on. Did I pronounce that right? That's right. Because everyone mispronounces my last name. So I just want to make sure I got it right. (laughs) And if you don't know, Mike's a genius. He wrote the Gilmore Girls COVID posts that you all loved so much on our page. He wrote uh, Q&As in Babette and Kirk's voice. He wrote recently a Fran Lebowitz same mm-hmm. thing, which was hilarious, which I loved, and I wish we could talk about. <laughs> but <laughs> um, and today we're going to talk about all things Gilmore Girls with him. So thank you, Mike, so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, before we get started, Mike, I want to give you the opportunity, if you want, to shit on Groundhog Day because today on Instagram. You went a little crazy about Groundhog Day. <laughs> well, I just saw the video of of it, and I think, you know, it's always ridiculous. But I think, in the context of you know everything that's going on with the pandemic, it just seems even more ridiculous that there's people in top hats parading around like a giant rodent. Uh, it's insane, and of course, I won't even get into the Bill De Blasio of it all. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, yeah. the mayor of New York who. dropped dropped a groundhog six years ago seven years ago and the the groundhog died and then they there was a massive conspiracy to cover up (laughs) yeah because apparently it wasn't him that killed her she just died of old age right oh yeah yeah just uh, yeah yeah just happened to die of old age (laughs) (laughs) i need I, i need like a lifetime movie about that scandal who would play de blasio do you think um good question maybe like hmm i don't know who's like a tall idiot you need like a tall actor um you know i i leave it to i leave it to the hollywood experts to to determine that got it got it but groundhog day (laughs) in conclusion is shit (laughs) and what were the results of groundhog day i don't even pay attention Uh, apparently it's six more weeks of of winter or whatever or whatever the Sounds fuck. Sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we are going to talk about your amazing posts about Gilmore Girls characters during the pandemic. Um, but as an icebreaker question, which is what we did with our last interviewee, we always ask the ultimate Gilmore Girls icebreaker mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Team Dean, Team Jess, or Team Logan? Mm-hmm. I knew that question was coming when you said the ultimate question. And it's, you know, for me, it's an easy answer. It's team chess. <gasps> Jeffrey's it's in love with he's, he's already in my book. He, you're fine. We'll have you back on now. It's fine. You're good. <laughs> That's the test. That's the test. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I don't, I don't know that any of them were right for Rory at the time, but I think that Jess clearly, you know, he's got that Dane's DNA, you know, he's going to be a good man. And you saw when he came back, you know, when he had written his book, you saw he was, he had matured, he, he, he'd grown up. And then, you know, the other ones, Dean is stuck in some, you know, like 1950s sitcom world. And uh, Logan is, you know, he's Logan. He's, you know, he needs it. You know what I always say? He needs an Emily. You know, he doesn't need a Rory. He, he needs an Emily. That's so true. That's very, yeah, that's, that's super accurate. He needs an Emily. I've never thought about it that way. But um, yeah, we like your answer. <laughs> what are what are you guys? Are you, are you all Team Jess as well? 
So I'm very much team Jess, as most of our social media following is aware of. Um, <laughs> Eleni kind of flip-flops between team Jess and team Logan. Would, would you say that's accurate? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It depends on the period of my life and when I'm watching it and what I feel like. Um, when we started season two and season three, talking about the podcast, um, I was very much on the Jess bandwagon. I'm like, I don't, who's Logan? I was like, Jess all the way. And then I remember certain things that Logan does while he is sometimes trash, aren't they all? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I flip-flop between the two. It's, I think that, you know, I think the reason Logan gets a bad rap because, you know, I, you know, if you rewatch it, like he's, he's just Logan and it's kind of Rory who changes around him. I don't think he really changes Rory. I think she, see, some part of her needed or wanted to, to have that life. For, for however long. And so, you know, it, you can't really blame Logan, I don't think, for, for everything, for Rory's, you know, character arc change. I think a that was- A lot of people do though. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was like, she was itching to to kind of do, to have that experience. She, she wanted to break, you know, you could see she wanted to break out of like the Dean world. And, and Logan was that, you know, he was the path to do that. And then she did it. I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, we, we're all disappointed in the way Rory's kind of path went, I think. Oh, yes. Which isn't to say, you know, I think a lot of people say like, you know, the Netflix thing, whatever your thoughts are on the Netflix thing, I, I liked it at the time. But I think the main thing is like everyone's just kind of sad because Rory, her life didn't end up the way we wanted it to. Yeah. But, you know, um, <laughs> I guess you needed to do that to, to have a plot. For sure. <laughs> speaking of the Netflix thing, um, what do you make of reboots in general? So not just let's keep Gilmore Girls a year in the life aside. Reboots or um, reunions, what do you make of them in general? Because I know you were mm -hmm. instrumental in the Saved by the Bell reunion on <laughs> right. Jimmy yeah. Fallon. Um, yeah. And you're going to have to explain the love for... Um, saved by the bell to me uh, <laughs> not that I don't love it but um I, you know it's a it's it's a nostalgia thing so I, yeah. I don't know if you grew up with it but if you grew up with you know when I was a you know in middle school or whatever like seeing saved by the bell you're like oh my god this high school is gonna be awesome like it's just gonna be <laughs> me and my awesome friends like <laughs> tricking the principal and stuff like it just seemed cool it just it just really seemed cool and like it, of course, it never measures up to that. That's what um, I was going to say. How disappointed were you when you actually got to high school? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, nothing's like that idealized version of like, oh, you know, you have your cool friends and uh, everything goes your way, you know, it's, but you kind of hold that that nostalgia with you. So I think, you know, it's, it's kind of all about that. But I, I really like the the reboot that they did. I know Tracy Wigfield who runs it. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really a clever and self-aware and funny reboot. Reboots in general, I think, yeah, I think it's like, like I just said, if, if there's a interesting way to do it, um, I think it's worthwhile. You know, I did a lot of reunions and reboots when I was at Fallon. Mm -hmm. They were just one-off sketches though. Right. Um, where you could kind of cram all the nostalgia references uh, and jokes into like, you know, a five or seven minute bit. 
So, so I think if you're going to extend it out to a full series, you kind of need like, you know, a fresh kind of take or angle on it. Reboot for the sake of reboot. I, you know, I don't condone. Got it. Would you say that, there's a way? Would you say that a year in the life was like a reboot for the sake of a reboot? Um, no, I think, you know, I think they, I, I, look, I think people were so, I was so happy just to see these characters again um, that, you know, I actually haven't really rewatched it with like a critical eye. Um, but at the time I was just so happy to see like, you know, the whole, the whole town back, you know, back on the screen, like doing their thing. Like, so, you know, it was a one-off thing. It wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't a full season, which I think, yeah, they did the right thing. It was just enough, I thought. So when did you first watch Gilmore Girls? Did you watch it like when it was first on the air or did you get into it later on? Yeah, so I, I came into it in season four. And I remember specifically, I was home for Christmas break from college. And it was the episode, I believe the title is Ted Koppel's Big Night Out. It was like a Lorelai on a date with like, uh, Jason Styles. <laughs> that was my first entry into Gilmore Girls. But I just remember like I was like flipping through the channels and it, it came on and I was like, oh, okay, Gilmore Girls, you know, you know, I've heard it's a popular show. And I was like, let me just see what it's all about. And like, I, you know, I think they were just like jokes about like sour cream and onion Pringles cans and whatnot. And I was just like, oh, this show is like totally not what I expected. And I, I found it really enjoyable. And then, yeah, I just went back and like watched uh, all the episodes and just fell in love with it as, as the, and, I, and I just like spread the gospel of, of Gilmore Girls to everyone like in my college, like every, there, there was probably more guys at Boston University watching Gilmore Girls because of me. I demanded that everyone watch the show. And everyone who watched it like immediately was like, oh yeah, this is a great show. I love this show. <laughs> um, do you, so I don't think it's wrong to say that there aren't a lot of men who get mm -hmm. into Gilmore Girls. Do you think that's a right. fair thing to say? I certainly, I, I think maybe there's more now, but I think yeah. even back then, this was like probably 2002 or three. Uh, it certainly didn't seem like uh, many dudes were watching the show but then there was the you know uh kevin and demi did the gilmore guys podcast i don't know right. if you're familiar with that uh those guys are great and i did yeah. i did an episode of that but i think maybe that helped to just make it a broader thing but i think you know i think as word spread that it's a great show like yeah it's not for men or women it's for whoever just quality tv so right because the writing i think is spectacular and yeah and it's got a little bit for everything it's it's that it's the amy and daniel kind of magic where it's like <laughs> amy certainly you could tell me and my girlfriend play this game every time we rewatch an episode where it's like based on like the cold open we try to guess who wrote the episode amy daniel or you know a random or other <laughs> <laughs> other yeah. uh, and it's it's pretty i'm not gonna say it's easy but there are certain <laughs> telltale signs yeah yeah mm -hmm. um so you did a podcast appearance on it's, it's that episode yes um, is in that may, Craig Rowan yes in may of mm -hmm. 2013 
And basically, yeah, I went deep, Mike. I, know, I went yeah. with my research. Yeah. You'll find um, that most most podcasts I've been on, I've found a way to make it about Gilmore Girls. So, <laughs> um, but so that uh, for for people who don't know, uh, Craig has a guest on, invites you guys to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. You get to pick the episode of whatever show mm-hmm. you watch and then you talk. Mm-hmm. Um, great premise, by the way. Um, <laughs> and you chose episode 519, mm-hmm. which is To Live and Let Diorama. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know why. Yeah, I, I think ultimately, I think it was probably a, not a representative <laughs> choice of an wow. episode, but I think I'd, I had just seen that episode and it was making me laugh. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I think I wanted to prove that it was a funny show. Okay. So that's why I picked that episode. Even though it's like, I think like Richard, it's like one of the few episodes like Richard and Emily are just not in. Right, yeah. And so like, <laughs> so like it, it didn't quite get like the premise of the show across in the best way to Craig, who I think that was the first episode of Gilmore Girls he had seen. So I probably should have gone with the pilot or one of the more, you know, classic episodes. but. I was going for the humor. Got it. Got it. No, it wasn't, it really wasn't a judgment on what you picked. I just. No, no. It's just something I thought about after I, like I watched it. I was like, oh, it doesn't quite, it gets the humor across, but it doesn't quite right. get like the, the premise of the show. Does that choice still haunt you eight years later? <laughs> oh yeah. Every day I think about it every morning, I wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey, did you have a... Um, I was going to ask you, like, what prompted you to start writing the characters through, like, the lens of the pandemic? And, like, how are you just able to see into the characters so well you can write for them? Like, that's such (laughs) a talent. Oh, thanks. Uh, It was one of those things I'd seen, like, people... I think someone on TikTok or something was doing, like, who, what TV characters would wear a mask and which ones wouldn't. And um, so I was just thinking about the, the Gilmore Girls in that lens. And then like, I think immediately the idea of Kirk in the hazmat suit like came into my head and I was like, oh, that's funny. That's definitely what he would do. And then, you know, that just sent me on a path thinking of all the other the characters. And in terms of like writing in their voice, it's not something that I uh, knew I could do, but it just, because I've seen the show so much, it's just like innately ingrained in my head of like their cadences, what they would say. And, you know, I'm a writer by trade. So, you know, I've written for, you know, people's, other people's voices for, you know, a decade plus. So um, it's not surprising, I guess, that a show that I've seen multiple, multiple times, I could, I could, capture like you know you just have to imagine in your mind's eye like what they would say how they would act and it came out pretty pretty naturally i mean that so you originally posted it on twitter this um yeah the characters kind of navigating the pandemic that was one of so we reposted it on instagram and it was one of the most popular posts that it blew everything that we had out of the water and i'm so glad because it was just, <laughs> It's genius. Um, So I wasn't even mad at the fact that everyone loved it. Um, And I remember we retweeted it saying that if there's ever to be a second year in the life, you should definitely get on that writing crew. 
<laughs> because you know, like the characters were just spot on. <laughs> you did <Thanks>. everyone. <laughs> and I was just so surprised. Um, is that something that you came up with on the spot? Has it something that you had been thinking about for a while? Like, what was it? Um, for that post, it was probably like over the course of like a weekend. I just kept just in the back of my head, kind of like thinking about the, the different characters and they would just kind of pop into my head and I would jot it down. Um, and then I just, yeah, just kind of put it all together and, and tweet it out. And like, the, it, it must have struck some sort of chord because yeah, it, like on Twitter, it went crazy. And then I posted on Instagram and then my Instagram post went crazy. Other people's Instagram posts went crazy. And then someone else posted on Facebook and it went viral there too. So it was like, clearly I think there was like, A, there's a lot of Gilmore Girls fans mm -hmm. and B, I think there was just like, I think it just felt nice to see these characters again, even just in like this imagined format. There's that, you know, there's that desire to just see these characters. Right, that's what I was gonna visit these characters, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Do you think it's because we're just so desperate for Gilmore Girls now. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> I think my favorite was uh, your tweet about what Paris would be doing during the pandemic oh, of, of her retort of don't like, don't flatter yourself, Doyle. Your brain's not that big. <laughs> like that's exactly what she would say. Yeah. That... So many comments with people saying, I read this in their voices. I can see right. what's happening. Yeah. That was... <laughs> it was a funny thing to receive so many comments on because, you know, at the end of the day, that's like the point of writing yeah. <laughs> is to <laughs> do that. But I think like, you know, you know, I think it was just nice to to hear. Uh, it's like, oh, that's good. Writing works still. <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> um, so a bunch of the character, well, characters, a bunch of the actors who play the characters also retweeted it. Um, yeah like for you as a writer is that validating for you yeah of course I mean that of course I mean especially you know once Lauren Graham retweeted it it was like okay it's you know it's it's been accepted and <laughs> you know validated by Lorelai herself um yeah that was great uh the whole and, and you know I I I I'm in touch still sometimes with uh, Scott Patterson mm -hmm. who came on Fallon when I was there and he's just a great dude. And yeah. It was just like, it was nice to see. And I, it was funny. I had like, <laughs> I know the, the guy who played Zach, uh, it's like he would not be an anti-masker. I was like, okay, all right. I'll, I'll grant you that. But I think he would definitely be asking questions about the government and the media. <laughs> I said, I was like, he'd definitely be a conspiracy. Well, maybe yeah, not, yeah. but like he'd definitely buy into some conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously some of the, you know, some of the tweets were just kind of exaggerations, like Suki having five children. Like those are just, those and were just little things. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, they were just exaggerations. I, I, I was, I would never, never uh, accuse Zach of being an anti-masker. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt right for the, the little bit so as of right now the original your original tweet has thirty five thousand retweets 110,000 likes over 2,000 comments it's mm. your pin tweet so obviously you're very yeah. proud of it 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's what I, yeah, I've, I've come to terms with that. That will be my most popular tweet. And, you know, I'm fine with that. That's all right. <laughs> um, so then did that inspire you to then go on to do the Q&As with, I mean, in Kirk's voice originally and then Babette's voice? Yeah, for sure. It was like, clearly people enjoyed hearing more from these characters and the... It was just like a little exercise I was doing on Instagram. And then, yeah, it, it kind of like caught on a little bit. Um, and I was getting so many, I think it was fun because people were suggesting the topics. So, uh, you know, some people, I, I didn't get a chance to get to all of them because I was right. essentially writing, like even just the formatting of it was taking like so long. Uh, but um, yeah, it was, it was great. I think, you know, people got to hear some more Kirk in their head. It's never a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. And then it led you to also saying you want you want a Kirk spinoff? Oh, of course. I mean, I've always wanted that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, any honestly, any character spinoff I would, I would accept. TJ oh. is also a hilarious... Your uh, Q&A has to be TJ, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> TJ, some people were suggesting Taylor. Yeah. Um, these are all very funny characters. <laughs> Could you imagine a spinoff following TJ and Kirk? Like that would just be unmanageable, I think. Yeah, it's almost too much. <laughs> <laughs> too but much Kirk and Taylor, now that that is something that I could get behind. Did you say Kirk and Taylor? Kirk and Taylor. Those two characters are kind of just like, they're, they're linked. They are. And it's a perf they're perfect foils. Do you know about this conspiracy theory about Kirk being Taylor's long lost son? Wow. No, but it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, fans, I'm just going to give you like a rundown. Fans put it together when they said that. So in season three, Taylor's family comes in for the hockey game, if you remember. Mm -hmm. And Taylor starts telling Lorelai about how the doses are very prone to night terrors. Mm. And then in season four... Right. Kirk tells Luke that Night Terror is running his family. Well, there's, I mean, there's your, there's the premise for the show. It's see, you know, they, they do a DNA test. He finds out that Kirk's, that Taylor's his dad. He move, they move in. Lulu, Kirk, and Taylor all living together. I mean, can you imagine it? It writes itself, basically. No, you would write it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when we found that out, we we're like, oh, it's a Shrek, but I love it. <laughs> um. So do you feel like, so I know you said you started watching in the early 2000s um, and then you told everyone about it and more and more people were liking it. Do you feel in this day and age more so back then or vice versa that you have to defend your love of Gilmore Girls as a man? <laughs> not, no, not anymore, but maybe back then. I think I, you know, I, you know, not defend it, but I think like, um, I felt like, all right, I didn't, I had no qualms. I loved being like, I love Gilmore Girls. You guys should watch it. And everyone who watched it got it. It's not one of those things where they're like, mm, I checked it out and it's, it sucks. It's like anyone who, anyone who gives it, you know, four or five episodes, they become, you know, Gilmore Girls fans for life. So yeah, it wasn't, it was, uh, it was never like, oh, I'm going to defend this with my honor. But I, I think it was more of just like, I passionately told everyone because I think especially you know if you were a guy in the 
in the early 2000s. I don't think it was on your radar as like even, you know, a show worth checking out that, that, that you would enjoy. So I felt like this need to like tell people like, no, it's, it really is very funny and heartwarming and uh, silly and sweet and all these things. Uh, uh, characters are great. So I just, I felt like I, I, I wanted to sort of spread the word to people who might not be inclined to watch it. Cause I, I wasn't, it, I, I never expected it to be a show that I would love, but when I gave it a chance, I was like, oh, holy shit, it's great. Do you have an opinion about like um, how Gilmore Girls was notoriously like not recognized by the Emmys during its original runs? I know a lot of fans think like, where where are all the Emmys that this show so obviously deserved? Yeah, it's probably just because it was on whatever network, WB or CW. Um, you know, <laughs> the Emmys is a pretty political thing. And it's like half half of it is uh campaigning to get on there you know it's it's not like it's not like they all watch every single show okay. in the world and 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 judge based on uh on merit alone i mean it's an award show mm -hmm. uh so i think probably uh, yeah i think it's just like if it was on an, a major network it probably would have gotten a little more love but you know awards they don't really matter so <laughs> but i wish it was recognized because it's a you know i think that would i think what awards can do is is kind of especially if a lesser known show gets a nomination or a win it can make people more aware of it um so you know like look at like something like fleabag like when that's a great show I knew about that show, but someone like my parents did not know about that show. But then when it wins awards, they're like, oh, let me go check that out. And then they do. And then they, they love it. And that's how shows get big. So in that way, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. It should have gotten the love because then it might have given it a wider audience. But also at, at this point, it's it's got a pretty, pretty big fan base. So, I, you know, it it's one of those shows that was so good that even being on the WB or the CW and not getting nominated for awards, just word of mouth. I think, you know, for every 10 people I told, I'm sure other people like me were telling other people, you know, it's just such a great show. So it's, it, it just spreads like that. Um, I wanted to ask you more generally about what you think streaming services, what do you, what do you think of the whole premise of streaming services and binging and how it's changed how we watch television because um yes we've been able to get more people to like things like gilmore girls because it's on a mm -hmm. streaming service and because they can yeah. watch you know uh yeah. um but that's not how i grew up watching television how you right. grew up watching television or jeffrey you know and we've talked a lot about this on the podcast how it kind of takes the magic out of it sometimes Right. Um, so what do you what do you make of that? Um, yeah, I think it's like anything. It's a it's a double edged sword. Uh, like you said, like Gilmore Girls being on Netflix is amazing because you so many more people can uh, watch it who never, you know, what would you be doing buying like DVD box sets? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, of course, I have them, too. Uh, but yeah, I think. Well, I think you're seeing now some shows 
going away from the binging aspect and putting them out weekly like Mandalorian was doing that and one show that I loved did that which is Ted Lasso on Apple Plus um such a great show but they did they released it weekly and it really was like I was like looking forward to every Friday when that would come out so I I think there's kind of like the pendulum is kind of swinging back a little bit where now the streaming services that was kind of the gimmick to get people hooked Mm -hmm. and now when they have a quality show it's not necessarily like we're going to put them all out at once right there is they are kind of somewhat going back to that that weekly thing so it's like something to look forward to like oh every friday this comes you know great british bake-off i think they were releasing weekly and stuff so you know ultimately the streaming thing is you know not only the future it's the present at this point so I'm, I have no grudge against it. I think it's, it's, it's good. The more people can, can watch shows and stuff, but, you know, it's interesting to see how now they're, now that they've kind of beaten the networks and stuff. Now they're like kind of going back to the old network format of like weekly releases and stuff. So it's interesting. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just came to me because a bunch of people are bitching about how WandaVision is too slow. <laughs> and there was really, I, yeah, I, I see now. I like the, I like that 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 it's been weekly and it's been a, and that's actually another one that my buddy, he's really into like the comic books and stuff, and right. uh, so I've been like, we've been like watching it like every Saturday, um, and it's also like kind of the slow burn of it is kind of half the fun because it's like the I mean not no spoilers but the most recent episode was like a totally great twist that I think if it had all been released at once you know it wouldn't feel as big of a shift because like you would have seen it you know 40 40 or 60 minutes after the first episode rather than four weeks later. Exactly. Yeah. And there was just this whole article and I found it very interesting. And that's why I wanted your take about how, no, it's not too slow. We just watch television too fast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, I think that's, I think that's true. That's accurate. Yeah. So I also wanted to ask you, um, like, was there something specific about Grandma Girls that like, made you like that hooked you in like was it the pop culture references like, like the writing obviously you said was uh, was really good and that drew you in but like was it the characters the pop culture like all of it together or was it something in particular yeah I think the I mean like I said the first thing that got me was referencing the small cans of sour cream and onion Pringles I thought that was such a weird thing for like uh, what I assumed was like a tv drama to reference that it kind of made me like really laugh more so than if it was you know a sitcom because it was like whoa you know this is unexpected so I think that's what grabbed my attention and then then when you when you as you watch it it's it's yeah it's, it's the characters it's just that feeling of like that town and you just like you know it's just kind of like it feels familiar, even though I don't think anyone or that many people like grew up in a town like that, but it feels familiar. You know, you know, it's one of those Mm -hmm. things where it's like maybe in like our collective unconscious or something like 
eh, there's memories of like <laughs> small towns where everyone kind of has a role and everyone knows one another and uh there's weird town events and stuff and there's the diner where everyone goes in and you know i think i think there's a small part of everyone that like longs to be a part of that community even though in real reality it would probably be <laughs> pretty annoying to know everyone <laughs> yeah. so is gumball uh, girls like comfort like com like your comfort food show in a way yeah of course i mean uh, definitely it's one of those shows that you can kind of put on anytime it's all it's always going to be a delightful experience I think this is like the dreaded question for most like fans of beloved shows like Gilmore Girls or Friends or anything from like the you know late 90s and early 2000s like what ways do you would you personally say Gilmore Girls has not aged well to use the term yeah I mean look there's there's definitely some lines in there that's like a little cringy in retrospect uh you know but I would say overall, I think it's like few and far between with Gilmore Girls. And it's, it's the heart's in the right place, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, everything is a product of its time to a degree. Right. And I would say that um, of a lot of those shows, I feel like Gilmore Girls like was on the right side and has heart in the right place. So. Yeah, so occasionally a line will come up where like, ooh. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, at its as hard, the show is like so filled with heart and and sweetness that, you know, you kind of you take those with a grain of salt and, and you can kind of just kind of like let them pass. Um, do you there's also been some criticism around diversity with the show? Mm -hmm. Um especially since the revival aired in 2016 and they still didn't take the opportunity right. to kind of uh, diversify. <laughs> um, right, right. You think that's also an issue or is it, cause I've heard both sides. I've heard, it's not really a new show. We're, we're used to these characters. Why introduce a new character just for the sake of it? Or do you think they really should have done more in terms of diversity? Um, that's actually not something that I, thought about when I saw the reboot just because yeah it's it's you know you have a limited time to sort of tell all these different characters stories right in terms of like you know back in the day it's like it's one of those things where I think that's true of a lot of tv shows uh from from that time period and that's changed for the better for the most part um you know today it's 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 a much more you know a lot of different voices are being heard and there's still room obviously for even more um but you know the Gilmore like I said it's it's a product of its time in many ways and it's also set in Connecticut so <laughs> there's that I'm from, I'm from Connecticut you're from Connecticut yeah is it the whitest place ever um I mean, my my town was was pretty white. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say like every every town is is predominantly white, but I, yeah, I think you know it's Connecticut. Like, <laughs> it has a reputation for a reason. Uh, I'm from Shelton, home of the wiffle ball. Ooh, so that's what that's what that's what they're doing out there. Wow, <laughs> making making ball. making wiffle ball. So, <laughs> you know, Stars Hollow. You know, yeah. 
you mentioned before, um, like quirky town events. Do you have a favorite event or fundraiser or town meeting or what? Something that really captures the mm. essence of the town. You know, I thought the the living painting thing was like actually really awesome. I, like it's actually just like a cool thing. I'm yeah. actually curious. I feel like maybe that is something that has been done. It like, has in been re in real life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> Because it, it's just like, you know, just watching it, you're like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. And surprisingly, um, the only episode that got nominated for an Emmy for oh, really? costume and Was makeup. It costumes, yeah. Um, and then I just watched the, me and my girlfriend just watched the uh, Tisket Tasket, the, uh, the, the, oh, the yeah. basket episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird, <laughs> that is certainly a weird event. <laughs> bit of fun yeah yeah for sure yeah i don't, I don't know what, what what are you guys favorites oh for, yeah go ahead jeffrey <laughs> um i was gonna say the dance marathon but that's just like everyone's kind of mm -hmm. you know, focal point i would say it's the bracebridge dinner and i would have to mm -hmm. ask you do you think the Bracebridge dinner counts as a christmas episode oh god not this again see it's one of those things where i like around christmas i was yeah i looked up like there's some uh some meme or something that has like all the uh christmas related gilmore girls episodes so mm -hmm. i was like oh let me check some of these out you know i didn't remember a specific christmas episode and i would say i don't think there is a specific gilmore girls christmas episode not really which i think is a shame and i think that if anything if they do another special i think like a christmas in stars hollow would be a pretty good starting point because yeah. who doesn't who wouldn't want that every year like to to go to because there is yeah it's like there's you know there's episodes with snow there's episodes that happen vaguely around christmas but it's never it's never really like your classic tv christmas episode i, I had to ask you I had, oh, I had to ask you if um the bracebridge dinner counts as christmas episode in your opinion because we were we recorded a special christmas episode at the end of last year and we got into this whole argument about how eleni thinks the bracebridge dinner does not count as a christmas episode even though i think it does so i had to ask just for <laughs> a, a third opinion i'm sorry but just because you're snowed in doesn't make it a christmas episode yeah okay, fine. See, Mike's it's, as close, it's as close as you can get with Gilmore Girls, but it's yeah, it's not. It doesn't really fulfill that like. I think the closest uh, yeah. that they ever got in Gilmore Girls was in season seven, when Rory yeah. comes back from London and they've delayed Christmas for her with Christopher. Oh, right, and right, Lizzie. right. But even then, I couldn't enjoy it because Christopher, you know, like yeah. What's your take on yeah. Christopher? That was yeah, a test yeah. where we really become friends. He's awful. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he's awful. He's the worst. Isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's terrible. I always terrible refer character. to him. Exactly. I always refer to him as a sperm donor, not a father. <laughs> yeah, he's just like so smug and. Uh, Go off, Mike. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, look, he is, he is, his character serves to be a polar opposite of Luke. Yeah. And Luke is the best. Yes. Hence. Christopher is the worst. <laughs> yes. That's all you need to know about Gilmore Girls. Um, but okay, so you said Luke is the best. Can you agree that Luke has some communication issues? 
Okay. <laughs> but they're not malicious. No. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but he's you know he's just he's a he's a man. He's a prototypical stereotypical man, and he definitely has communication problems and has trouble expressing feelings. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> Unless they're feelings of anger. Right. Because uh, he's good. But he, you know, I would say his love language is, uh, you know, the the doing the the doing of favors. Mm. I think he expresses his love by, you know, <laughs> even right up till the last episode when he builds the tent. You know, yeah. that's that's how he expresses his his love for Lorelai, like doing all the handiwork, never asking questions. You know, no, no questions asked. He's always there. He's always doing that stuff, and he does that in lieu of like, you know, actually <laughs> expressing how he feels. But yeah. that's what makes Luke so lovable. Yeah, I'm reminded. And he tries, of- you know, in the episode where the uh, <laughs> he borrows the that little, or no, he just borrows it from him. But the the little, the little book on tape thing. Can you uh, see her face? That one. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's just that's just beautiful. <laughs> it's a great episode. I love that episode. That's a great episode. Yeah. Um. So I have a list of shows that Netflix recommends based on <laughs> Gilmore Girls. All right. And that also likewise the app recommends. And I want your opinion for, against, or never seen. Cool. Talk about that. Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. All right. (laughs) I'll have to jot these down though. If they're if they're in any way similar to Gilmore Girls. Um, I don't know if this one, but (laughs) (laughs) uh 13 Reasons Why. I haven't seen that one either. Okay. One Tree Hill. I think maybe I saw an episode. But, you know, Tristan's in that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Chad, Chad Michael Murray. Who's also Chad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I can't really speak on One Tree Hill. I, I've, I've only seen, like, yeah, little bits and pieces here and there. Okay. That 70s show? You know, that's another one I haven't seen. Really? I gotta get on these, yeah. Okay. I think I've seen the episode here and there. It's, it's funny, but um, yeah. I, yeah, I know people love it, but I haven't, I'm not that familiar scrubs that's another one where i've i actually just watched the pilot and i thought it was really good really good yeah but i haven't seen more than a than a handful of episodes but the pilot i was like oh wow this is i could see why this was like really loved and refreshing at the time totally Uh, different yeah for sure Allie mcbeal that's another one i got (laughs) you're you're naming things that are like I've been meaning to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the last one that I have, because we've also talked about it on the podcast, because ten-year-old me was obsessed. The OC. That's a that's a great one. Yes. I would say I haven't seen every episode, but I definitely watched like a couple of the seasons, and it's yeah, it's it's good. It's kind of got, it's kind of like a more salacious Gilmore Girls. Oh, definitely. <laughs> You know, you do kind of get invested in like the characters and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, think, and then I wanted I to ask you, you about- left one, You left one thing out of that list. I but, did. Um, well, I left a lot of things. I was thinking of like, there's so many other shows you could mention, but I also haven't seen a lot of them either. So I'm thinking, yeah, that's a, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, uh, but I was wondering if Mike, you had ever seen Felicity, which was on the WB around the same mm-hmm. time as No More Girls. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I went back and watched Felicity uh, a few years back. I think I only watched maybe the first, what, how many seasons are there? Three? There's four. 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 So I think I watched maybe the first two and I really, really got into it. And then I kind of fell off it at the end, at the end of when I watched it. But the first season was like really, really good, I thought. It was. It's a good show. <laughs> and have you seen The Marvelous and Mrs. Maisel, which is also Amy and Dan's? Uh, yeah, I, I actually have to, I've seen the first season and I loved it, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta dive back in. But I just feel like it's like, I gotta be in the right mindset and have the right amount of time to like devote to it. Yeah. But it's great. I mean, Rachel Brosnahan's great. And I love also, I live around the corner from where uh, the gaslight used to be. Oh, wow. On, on, on McDougal Street in, uh, in the West Village. Uh, it's now a cocktail bar called the Up and Up. It's a great, uh, it's a great cocktail bar. But it's, it's, you know, back when you could go in inside of places. <laughs> you know, it was, it was cool going in there and being like, oh, this is like, this is where like, you know, Bob Dylan played and right. whatever. And, uh, you know, it used to be the Gaslight. So there's that bond as well. So I, and of course, you know, Alec Borstein's great. And I haven't, I haven't seen the Tony Shalhoub seasons, but he's awesome. So he's amazing. Yeah. The, the whole cast, I think just really clicks very well. Um, mm -hmm. And the writing's on and it's, um, it's a lot of people say it's similar to Gilmore Girls. I think it's completely different. Um, yeah. But um, that wholesomeness is still there, which I really, really love. Um, but yeah, you should definitely get back into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm planning on it. And Jeffrey should get on that because I've been telling him for two years. And yeah, I've never seen it. It's just like the premise at, from a glance doesn't intrigue me at all, even though Lenny says I have to watch it. So yeah, no, you have to, you have to. <laughs> um, Mike, you were kind of vocal on Twitter about the Capitol riots. Hmm. And I kind of want to get your take on David Sutcliffe, which is Christopher who participated. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I guess my, you know, the question I was asking is which came first, the David or the Christopher? <laughs> I always was said he, that. <laughs> yeah, I always Was said he that. like this before the character? Or did, was he just such a good method actor that he got into the Christopher mindset and never left? That's uh, I always said he had to be a terrible human being to play such a terrible character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a chicken and chicken and the egg question for the uh, the new era. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I I haven't followed it too closely. I know then he said he was joking, etc. Didn't seem like he was joking. Um, uh, obviously, I <laughs> think that was uh, awful. The, the, and, I just the reason I bring it up is because Jeffrey and I have had this conversation. It wasn't really to get your opinion on David Sutcliffe. It was more to say because um, we've had this conversation before about separating the art from the artist, right? Um, and even like let's say if you're into sports, like the athlete from their <laughs> from their mm -hmm. off court or off ice antics, let's say. And I think, do you think people have a hard time, um, you know, distinguishing between the two? Um, it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, it, it's kind of a case by case thing. I want to say like, yeah. sometimes it's for some reason with Chris, like Christopher is like, does that ruin Gilmore girls for me? And the answer is no, 
partially because Christopher's already like an abhorrent character. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like it was like Luke, you know, it's not like Scott Patterson did that. And then you'd be like, oh man, like, yeah. you know, Christopher's already kind of like, you know, <laughs> the bad guy in my eyes. So, you know, I think it's different too when you're playing a character versus like, you know, something like Cosby, who's pretty much played himself. Mm-hmm. Stand up, it's it's a little different than it than it does become, kind of taints it a little more. Um, ultimately, it's it's one of those. It's 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 a personal thing too. I think it's right. like, uh, yeah, I think some people can still laugh at the Cosby Show, and I think that that's fine. I don't think that that means you support like what Bill Cosby did. But then also some people knowing what he did can't watch it. And that I think is okay too. I think it's, it's truly a personal, personal thing. Yeah. No, makes sense. (laughs) Um, I wanted to know if you could change one plot, plot line, storyline, whatever it is from the show, what would it be? Um, you know, I think, I think maybe even you guys mentioned this or someone I just recently saw mention, um, if Luke had just told Lorelai about, uh, Oh yeah, that was us. Yeah. I thought that was a great point. So I I will go with that and agree with, with you guys that, um, yeah, come on, Luke. Uh, come on. Just, (laughs) I know like what he was trying to do. He... But yeah, he went about it the wrong way and it caused so much unforeseen problems. Uh, I don't, it just seems like, I don't think Lorelai would have been like mad. <laughs> well, he didn't really do anything wrong, right? Like... Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, he had no idea. And obviously they were trying to do the parallel with Christopher, you know, Luke, yeah. who for all these years kind of like, you know, resented Christopher for not, being a part of Rory's life and he essentially stepped in and was kind of a father figure in many ways to Rory and now he's realizing like oh my god I had a daughter who I wasn't part of her life for for 16 years and and they're trying to get that parallel I get that um but I think he could have yeah told Lorelai and I think that it would have been fine (laughs) it's not like he knew he had a daughter and was avoiding her that's it yeah that's why that's for me and then I think yeah, yeah and then he was going like extra hard like wanting to be a part of her life and I think that he wanted to like do that without telling Lorelai first like get that foundation but or I think you know maybe it was he was too ashamed because like because Christopher I think had done that with Rory and he didn't want to be seen by Lorelai as someone who did that but he wouldn't have been I think she would have understood it and like like you guys said, I think that would have <laughs> made things a lot smoother. But then again, it's TV, and uh, you it's need so uh, sit here you and need see. conflict, and <laughs> you know. So that's that's why it was done. But yeah, it just breaks your heart because it's like so many wasted years uh, or whatever, wasted time, like dealing with that. Yeah, it's too bad. And. Um... Do you, so I've seen on your Instagram that you post a lot of stuff with your grandma. Mm-hmm. 
who is adorable, by the way. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure my grandma hates me. She always tells me I'm a spat. <laughs> so, um, but I've seen like you've done some like TikToks with your grandma. Well, I don't know if they're TikToks, but they're like videos. They were, <laughs> they were vines back in the day. Oh, vines. Yeah, I miss vine. Yeah. I miss vine. I feel old, but yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted your take on Rory's relationship with her grandparents and um you know, the whole Lorelai being jealous and that different yeah. dynamic between your parents and your grandparents and what you make of that. Yeah, I think it's, you know, certainly Rory comes into it without the baggage that Lorelai does. And yeah, you know, you see, you have a different relationship with grandparents versus parents. Um, but I, th I think some of the, yeah, some of the most, uh, you know, some of the best moments with Richard and Emily are when they are like with Rory. It just kind of shows their humanity a little bit. Like I think there was one episode where maybe Rory is like staying over. I forget exactly how it came up, but she was there and like she microwaved a pizza or something with right. Richard, maybe. Yeah, for it's just such a yeah, it's just such a sweet moment where like Oh yeah, you know this like you know big old money insurance guy. You know you kind of break the the veneer a little bit and see like you know see him trying to connect with you know his granddaughter. It's just, those moments are great. And yeah, Emily's obviously much sweeter with with Rory for the most part. Um, those so those moments are it's just a nice. The way they the way they play that is is so great, and the actors are so good too. To be able to kind of hit both those sides of like, you can see why Lorelai, you know, can hate them at times, and then you could also see like why Rory could love them. You know, it's you know I think people are complicated. <laughs> For sure. And then you know the show does a really good, and the actors do a really good job of uh, of that. That's why, and that's why the show works because it you really get a feel for, for all these characters. No one's truly like, a, uh, you know, one-dimensional. Since yeah. you've seen the show so many times, would you say that like um, what happens at the end of season five, where, um, you know, Rory kind of runs from her mother into her grandparents' world, cause they're kind of like willing to give her what she wants and like willing to listen to her. Like when, as you've watched it more and more, do you like, do you see the warning signs for that earlier on? Like of how Laura, um, how Rory kind of is like splintered between the two and could go either way at either at one time or another. Yeah. It's, it, it, that, I think once she goes to college, that, that, that kind of starts, um, and especially with like the Logan of it all. I think she gets a glimpse at like that, that life, and doesn't hate it because there, you know, there's certainly good thing, good parts of that life. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's too bad because it's like, that was just a heartbreaking thing. And, you know, you understand it from everyone's point of view, you know, but it's still just like that. Those scenes are really heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Season five is, is a hard season at the end because like you said you see it because I've been in college with all that anxiety that Rory's feeling 
And then you also see it from Lorelai's point of view. Do you think though that she overreacted? Who? Lorelai. In, in what way? Like, like we can't speak because you're not going back to college. <laughs> oh, right. Um, uh, yeah, yes and no. I think, I think she just really wanted the best for Rory and she didn't want to make a mistake. Yeah. And so I think she probably just let that, I guess you could call it an overreaction, but also, you know, you saw how Luke reacted too. <laughs> like, and Luke went off the rails. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and when I think that's how everyone, and I think that's why people didn't like the Netflix thing too, because it's like, it wasn't even about the quality of it. It was more just like Rory was like, you know, not who we wanted Rory to be. Like, you know, she's so smart. She's so sweet. Um, she has the whole world at her fingertips. And like, you know, I think the audience feels the same thing as Lorelai and Luke, which is like, no, don't, no, don't let that, you know don't let you know the Huntsberger comment get to you like yeah you know and then you know she leaves in season seven and goes off and she's going like to follow the Obama campaign on for like a web for like an internet uh journalist thing it that seems to be a beautiful setup for like a career I mean yeah. like and then you know when it when you when you revisit and it's like years have gone by and like nothing came of it. You're just kind of like, oh man. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from with the series, um, with the reboot too. Is like Yeah, said, totally, 100%. It's a great setup at the end where she's finally getting her foot in the door and this career that she wants, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's the right way too. It's like, instead yeah. of like an old newspaper and, it's, and it's covering Obama before he's the nominee and exactly. it's for, you know, the future of online journalism. And then, yeah, so the, re uh, you know, and look, like I said, you need a conflict. <laughs> so if you're going to do the reboot, it makes sense. But I think, you know, the audience so invested in the character uh, of Rory, you know, you know, you hate to see it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know a lot of us were, um, a lot of young girls, I feel like, who looked up to Rory when they were younger um, and watched her grow up from like 16 to her college years we're hoping for so much more that she made it. Cause I think a lot yeah. of millennials now are kind of flailing also. Pandemic, we're flailing. Well, it wasn't pandemic back then, but like, you know, college degree, but working for, working in fields that aren't our own and whatever. And we wanted to see someone make it so badly. Yeah. And we didn't get that. And um, yeah, yeah. I think I, I do think that's where a lot of the, <laughs> the frustration or you know, whatever about the, the reboot comes from that as opposed to the quality of the the show or the writing which i think is you know it's it's amy and daniel so i think it's 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 great yeah uh, but i think it's like oh man you know when you see that you're like wow oh, you're just kind of bummed for for rory yeah like i was rooting for you rory <laughs> but that's i mean also it's a testament to the the world and the characters that they've created that we can care that much that we kind of oh, feel yeah. personally betrayed like when rory like doesn't follow through with her career like we're not sleeping and eating because of Rory. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no i get it but um it's definitely something that left me wanting more i don't know if you felt the same way i wanted more with the wedding for example <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never decline more Gilmore Girls. Content. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Um, so before we end this, I wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite season? Um, I would say I don't have a particular favorite season, but anything in two, three, and four are pretty much all solid all the way through. I have a soft spot for four because that's the first one I got into. Mm -hmm. That's when that's, that was my entry point into the show. Um, but I think seasons two and three are probably my favorites in terms of like, if I'm just want to watch an episode, which season will I go to and scroll through is two or three, probably, yeah. probably three, honestly. Three, I think yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of the one where I'm like, all right, I uh, just need one quick hit of a Gilmore Girls episode, which, what, which season am I going to? Probably three. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to ask you if you could pick one show where the writing was on, the characters were on, like everyone was at their top of the game to reboot for a reunion, whatever you want to call it, which one would it be? <laughs> Not Gilmore Girls. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's a good question because pretty much every show has been rebooted. <laughs> what is left? You or know then, what I'll, I'll... This, if you can redo, if it's a show that's already been rebooted, if you wanted to redo it, for example. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll get here. I'll give some love to a show, two shows, actually. Uh, no, one show. Okay. <laughs> That I think it's fine. Uh, here, here's a show that I think is really, really funny, and uh, only got a season. I don't think it's even worth rebooting because the characters are whatever. But it's undeclared. Did you ever see Undeclared? Yes. Such a funny show. Such a show that really, really captures certain elements of college that I don't think any other show has. Yeah. It really, really nailed a few things, usually even about the dynamics of like roommates and stuff. Uh, and obviously the characters are now <laughs> all 20 years older. So yeah, you can't reboot, really redo it. <laughs> uh, a college age reboot wouldn't work, but it's, I'll just shout it out there. If anyone's listening, <laughs> if you can find it, I, I don't know where that show is on. But it's by you know it's Apatow and, and yeah. Paul Feig. It's 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 just kind of the same same guys that did Freaks and Geeks, which is a great show. It's also a great show. Um, that one's on perfect. Netflix. So. I, I don't. Yeah, they just put that on there. That's a great show, and it's it's probably a better show overall than Undeclared. But Undeclared is just like so funny. <laughs> if you have any nostalgia for like being in college, being a freshman in college, that's such a perfect show that kind of captures a lot of it. Um, and like Loudon Wainwright is so funny as the dad. Seth Rogen's great, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, who is like become a huge star now, he's so funny. They're all they're all great. Jay Baruchel. Oh, that's just a show that Jay Baruchel's our Canadian friend. So <laughs> right, right. So I'll just shout it out as like, let's not reboot it, but everyone should go discover it. it if you haven't seen it. It's, it's truly, truly funny. Great. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Um, of course. Thanks for having me again. We loved your posts. Yeah. Where can everyone follow you? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Desenzo. Perfect. And any projects in the works right now that we should look out for? Um, 
Actually, I am I'm self-publishing a book of like prose poems that I've written over the past oh, two wow. years. So I'll probably make a post about that at some point. Uh, but yeah, Perfect. there's something interesting and different. And uh, I'm excited to just send it to some people I know. And uh, anyone else that decides to read it and enjoys it, that would be awesome. But yeah. we will definitely buy it. We're, we're <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I will, I'll send it to you guys. <laughs> oh, no, that's so sweet. But we're book nerds. So anything <laughs> book related, we love. So thank you cool. so, so much for speaking Thanks. with us. Thanks again. Thank Keep you. up the good work on the, on the podcast. Thank you. And any other New Yorker pieces about Fran Lebowitz that you want to write, <laughs> trust me, I'll devour it. I loved it. <laughs> cool. Thank you so, so much. Take care. Okay. Stay safe during this pandemic. And uh, same to you. All right. Bye, Mike. Okay. Bye. Take care.